You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. God bless you for being here tonight. I want to keep things simple tonight. I want to keep things almost somewhat devotional, just as if I was talking to you in your living room and trying to help you with something as a family, as a person, as a man, as a woman, whatever it might be, as a teenager. Uh, Brother Ben preached two weeks ago, hard to believe it was two weeks ago already, on what to do when you don't know what to do. And I'm not trying to steal his thunder, uh, but I just loved that crayon stick drawing of a dog so much <laughs> that I wanted to come up and draw my own. Now, it wasn't really until I began writing the message that I saw how it would dovetail, and I hope that the Lord could use it. Uh, I've told you before, when I was 15 years old, I got my first job as a caddy at Elgin Country Club in Illinois. And uh, as you went through the training process, you had to familiarize yourself with the course, the clubs, the greens, the members. You had to know their names. If you didn't know their names, some members got very angry that you didn't know their names and you would get reported. I I don't know. (laughs) I mean, they're at a country club, so there was a little bit of whatever you want to call it there. And uh, it was a lot of information to take in during during the training sessions. And I remember them constantly telling us the, the trainers were the, the pros in the pro shop. We had John, um, we had two Johns, John with an H, John without an H, and then Scott. We had three pros at the time. And they were training us at different points throughout the process. And they would always tell us it's, it's impossible to go over all of the scenarios that you might run into out on the golf course during this training time. We're going to give you the core knowledge that you need in order to address and handle the common scenarios that you're gonna run into for our members, and we expect you to handle those common scenarios. But then they said this, if you ever get into a position where you do not know the answer, maybe you're asked a question about rules and regulations, maybe you're asked a question by a member, if you do not know what it is, do not try to fake it, just call the pro shop. And they would make us repeat it with them. Call the pro shop. Say it again, call the pro shop. Don't ask a member, don't ask another caddy, don't ask somebody in the bag room, Call the, there you go, you're hired. So then I moved from there to the warehouse, which those of you who have been at church for a while will know what I'm talking about. I went to work at the warehouse and similar thing that I hear, we are going to give you your basic training, but you might run into something where you have a question. When you have a question, You also have a radio, call the manager. Just immediately call the manager and we will come out and we will give you the answer. That's why you have a radio. Perfect. Then I leave there and I go to work at Chase Bank. Same thing. My wife and I worked at the same place for a while. We're in Chase Card Services. So when people fall, fall behind on their bill, 
we were the person who called you and said pay, okay? Now, if you were good at your job, you got the customers that were only zero to 30 days past due. For the most part, it was an oversight. Those were the pleasant conversations. If you were horrible at your job, they would give you like the six to nine months past due, where if you do not pay, we're sending you to collections, which you think you would put your best people on, on those cases. But they put the, the people who are worst on the phones with the people who are worst at paying. And it's just, yeah, it, it led to a lot of interesting conversations because all calls are recorded for quality and assurance purposes. <laughs> but I remember them telling us, look guys, we're gonna give you the basic training, but every single phone call that you have is another possibility for you to be presented with something that you have not ever expected is going to happen. And sure enough, it did not take long. There was one time I was on the phone with somebody. They were only zero to 30 days past due. I thought it was going to be a very pleasant conversation. And they were, they were somewhat pleasant for, for the most part. I mean, it wasn't like a, a violent conversation or anything. And he said, do you mind me asking where you're at, where you're located? Now, that's an absolute no-no. You cannot tell anybody where, where you were. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. I, I cannot disclose that. And they said, well, I'm going to find out and I'm going to bomb your building. <laughs> and I said, sir, just a reminder, all calls are recorded for quality and assurance purposes. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. <laughs> so needless to say, you escalate that to the manager. Um, I looked back through our policy and procedures, and I saw nothing about bomb threats. So what are we supposed to do here? There was another time where I was speaking to somebody and they say, if one person calls me again, I'm going to commit suicide. Okay, what do you do at that point? You know, sorry, Chase, we never called back because they, but they're, at, uh, I just said, okay, um, hold please. <laughs> and you call a manager and apparently there's a special department based on people who were threatening either the building or threatening themselves. And you would transfer it to that people who are trained in order to do that. Here's one of the favorites. It did not happen to me. It happened to my brother who worked at Chase Bank just a little earlier and he helped me get into there. But we could receive incoming calls as well. And my brother receives an incoming call and Hello, this is Abe with Chase Card Services. Just so you know, all calls are recorded for quality and assurance purposes. How may I help you? Where is it? I'm sorry, sir. What? I, I don't know what you're talking Where is it? Where is it? I want to go. Sir, I've got, I'm sorry. I have no clue what you're talking about. Are you talking about your account? Are you talking about a local branch? Where is it? Where is it? Just screaming at the top of his lungs. Where is it? Sir. What are you talking about? Where's the moon? I want to go to the moon. Click. <laughs> so my brother immediately tells all of his cubicle neighbors, you will not believe the call that I just got. And they're like, no, whatever, whatever. Maybe 30 minutes later, somebody stands up right across. I just got him too. That man called and, and started getting random. Per by, by the end of the day, 12 people got the moon call. <laughs> And they told us, guys, you're not going to have all the answers right away. But they, ta they taught me this at, at Chase. Customers do not mind hearing. I don't know the answer to that right offhand, 
do you mind being placed on a brief hold? And I will find somebody who does have that answer for you. For the most part, customers do not mind that. Put them on hold, ask a manager. Then I became a youth pastor <laughs> and a pastor. And something amazing took place. On the night that I answered the call to come into full-time ministry, I set up my office, it used to be right here. I walked out and as I did, this light shone from heaven, an angel descended and uploaded all of the answers that I ever needed to be a spiritual leader <laughs> into my brain. And from that point on, I have known the answer. I have known what to say. I have known what to do. Nobody's ever stumped me with anything. Standing before you tonight is the smartest man you have ever seen. Right, mommy? Within the first few days here, I was presented with situations that I had absolutely no clue how to handle. Now, I don't know your situation, but listen, when I was at Elgin Country Club and I made a mistake, maybe answered a question in a wrong way, I might have a member say, I never want him to be my caddy again. It's the worst that happens. Or maybe I lose my job. If at designer shoe warehouse, <laughs> I don't answer where the Kelly and Katie high heels are right offhand, maybe a customer gets angry and goes down the street to the other location. Or goodness forbid, they say I'm shopping at Payless from here on out. Maybe we lose a customer. Maybe I get a write-up. At Chase, if I answer a question wrong, maybe we lose some money. Maybe we lose a customer. Maybe we lose some loyalty. As a youth pastor and as a pastor, if I get something wrong, we could lose a soul. Lose a church member. Lose a family. Lose possible generations of families. What is it for you? If you get something wrong at your job, you get something wrong at your family and in your home. Within the first few days, questions being asked. <laughs> and I looked back in my church ad notes, Brother Ben, nothing. And then I delved into the bank of knowledge that was my 24-year-old brain at the time. Nothing. Sometimes I even counseled with the pastor or I counseled with other pastors. And the answer I got was, yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> Great. In a multitude of counselors, there is nothing. To this day, I face situations. And you know I'm kidding about the multitude of counselors, right? There is safety in that. 
To this day, I face situations daily when I don't know what to do. If you were to ask, what does a pastor say? More than anything else, I don't know would be up there. Right after stop doing that, and where did you hear that? <laughs> and turn that light off, and how much is that going to cost? <laughs> or I'm sorry, they did what? <laughs> Near the top of my list of the things that I say the most as a pastor is I don't know. As a father, I don't know. I don't know why that happened. I don't know where that came from. I don't know. I've never dealt with this before. I don't know. I haven't read an instruction manual on that one. I don't know. I don't know what that means. I don't know what to do about that. But you're the pastor. You should know everything. You're the father of the family. You're the spiritual leader. You're the husband. You're the mommy. You can't be a mommy without knowing everything. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I often face situations where I don't know what I'm supposed to do. It's not abnormal. It's common, even among God's children. And it's so common, there's a passage in Scripture that deals specifically with our I don't knows. And it deals with it in a comforting but a challenging way. I want to show you that passage and give you some statements based off of it, and then we're going to go home. James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Let's make sure that our cell phones are on silent, please, so that there's nothing to distract. We're going to begin in verse 5. Are we there? All right. James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth, is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. In other words, that man lacks wisdom in every area. Heavenly Father, please bless the preaching of your word. Help us to learn a simple lesson today, but a lesson that stays with us for the rest of our lives. I truly believe it is life-changing. Sometimes the life-changing things are the most simple. If there is one here who does not know you as Savior, please save them. Father, from what I see, it's mostly home crowd tonight and people who have been faithful, so faithful recently, and I thank you for them. Those who have been faithful for a long time and those who have just recently 
that you have just recently brought to our church. I'm so encouraged by them being here. And I ask that you bless their family and their marriages and their kids because of it. Help them to see. Help them to see that there is, there is blessing and obedience in being faithful to God's house. Please help us to find the wisdom that we need in order to deal with our personal I don't knows tonight. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I have one, two, three, I guess three main statements that I want to give you based on this passage. What does this passage teach us? The first statement I would give you is this. You will face situations in your life when you will not know what to do. There is no avoiding that. You will encounter circumstances in your life when you lack the wisdom that is necessary in order to handle those circumstances properly. Wisdom is knowing what is right and doing it. It's the Bible term for knowing what is right and doing it. It calls it wisdom. Wisdom is not just understanding. Wisdom is action upon that understanding. Wisdom is knowing the right choice and then making that choice. Wisdom is knowing the right path to take and then walking down that path. Wisdom is, I guess you'll get it then. But there will be many times in your life where you won't know what's the right thing to do. You will not know what is right. You will be presented with a decision and you will not know the right choice to make. You will be brought to a crossroads in your life and you will not know the right path to take. It's going to happen. What do you do with a rebellious child? What do you do when your child, no matter how old, is stubborn and rebellious? What do you do? What do you do when you don't know what Bible college to attend? You have options. Where do you go? Do you go at all? How do you fix a damaged marriage? Now, if your marriage isn't damaged, it's easy to throw answers at that. Well, here's what you do, bless God. When your marriage is actually damaged, what do you do? What do you do to fix it? What do you do when you catch, your, you catch your child online? What do you do at that point? Messing around in things that they shouldn't be messing around at. What do, what do you do? What do you do when your friend is tempting you to do wrong? What do you do when the bills are piling up and your hours are cut at work? What do you do at that point? How do you find freedom from that one sin that so easily besets you? How 
How do you approach that difficult conversation that you know you need to have and some of you have been putting off for a very long time? How do you approach that difficult conversation? You love somebody and you want a relationship to continue with them. You saw a future in it at one point, but now you see they don't believe the way that you do. And I'm not talking about marriage. At that point, you work it out. I'm talking about before marriage, you're dating, you're courting, and you really saw some potential, but now there's, there's strife, there's a difference of opinion in some really important things, but you love them. What do you do? Do you stay and try to fix them? Or do you cut, cut your losses and break up? What do you do? Your child is living a prodigal life. Do you chase after them? Or do you let them hit rock bottom? Your spouse doesn't want to discipline the kids in a Bible way, but you know you need to. What do you do? Do you take a stand on the Bible? Or do you compromise to bring peace in your marriage? What do you do? Your job is offering you a pay raise, but it's going to move you from a good church. What do you do? You found something out about your friend. If you tell, they'll get in trouble. If you don't tell, they're going to hurt themselves. What do you do? You thought you were in God's will, but everything's going wrong. What do you do? You found a good church, but it's far. Gas is getting expensive. What do you do? You've always lived your life a certain way, but now the Bible, the more and more you read it, it's combating your lifestyle. And the Bible is making it clear, if you're going to follow this, you can't keep living that way. What do you do? You've always had plans for your career, but now God is shaking those plans. What do you do? You already have student debt. You already have loans piled up. You might already have a degree. But now God says, no, I don't want you to do that anymore. What do you do? And you know what we answer to a lot of those? Just let life run its natural course. And you will be constantly reminded of just how simple-minded we are. We will constantly be reminded of just how ignorant we are. We've lost the definition of that word. When somebody calls you ignorant, it, you immediately take it as a slap in the face. It just means you don't know. And we will constantly be reminded of how much we don't know. The only time ignorance is bliss is in a fortune cookie. Ignorance is crippling. But it's also common. And there's a Bible word. There is a Bible word for people who don't know what to do in certain situations. The word is simple. When somebody is simple, they do not know what to do in a given scenario. 
when somebody knows what is right to do and does it, this is the Bible word, wise. That is a wise person. And more often than not, we lack wisdom. Statement number one, you are going to run into situations in your life where you are not going to know what to do. Statement number two, and if you were to take only statement number two and shut off for the rest of the message, it would be incorrect, okay? So I need you to stay with me. I need you to stay with me. This statement does not stand alone, all right? But here's statement number two. It's okay to be simple. God doesn't mind when you don't know what to do. Now, wait a second. Let's go a little further because some of you are saying, no, it's not okay to be simple. Well, the Bible certainly says that. That's why the Bible says, get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. Don't stay simple. But I want, you to, I want to teach you something. When you run into a situation where you don't know what to do, God doesn't mind. God doesn't mind when you do not know what to do. In the history of the world, God has never had one of his children come up to him and say, Father, I don't know what to do with this. Would you please help me? You good-for-nothing moron. What do you mean you don't know what to do? How can you bother me with something so trite? And you know what? You came up to me yesterday and asked the same thing. In fact, you've come up thousands of times saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And frankly, I'm done helping you figure it out yourself. Never one time. It is the Holy Spirit of God who says this. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men. God gives wisdom indiscriminately. If any of you, all men, you know what that means? Even you. Even you. But I am the oldest saint in this room and I should know better. Even you. I'm the newest Christian and I feel bad that I don't know better. Even you. I'm an adult. Even you. I'm a five-year-old child that doesn't know how to deal emotionally with the kid who just pushed me off the swings. Even you. I'm a strong Christian. Even you. I'm somebody who just recently fell into deep sin and I'm trying to find my way back. Even you. I'm on the mountaintop of my spiritual life right now. And I'm dealing with all of these blessings and I need to know what to do with this new financial blessing that I've got. I need to know what to do with this newfound love and united feeling that I have in my family and this new direction that I'm taking. I need to know what to do, even you. Or I am in the valley of despair and my family's falling apart. My marriage is hanging by a thread. I'm finding things out about my kids. I'm finding things out about this. I'm finding things out about that. Every phone call I get is wrong, even you. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God and without discrimination, he will give it to you. 
that giveth to all men, what's the next word? Liberally. No limit. No limit. You've already asked enough this week. Come back next week. No limit. I love this one, though. And abradeth not. That word abrade means rebuke, censure. Fine, I'll give it to you, but I'm getting real sick and tired of you not knowing what to do in these scenarios. God has never done that. Lord, I don't know what to do. Would you please help me? Child, I'd be happy to help you. How much do you need? happy to do it. It's okay to be simple. God does not mind when you do not know what to do. It shall be given him. He gives wisdom indiscriminately. He gives it liberally. He gives it cheerfully. And he gives it faithfully. It shall be given to you. And have you ever thought maybe, just maybe, the reason God puts you in scenarios where you don't know what to do is so that you have to come up to him? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. This is the title of my message. And it's, I guess, my last statement that I'm going to give you. It's okay to be simple, but never be silent. God does not mind when you have a lack of wisdom. He does mind when you have a lack of prayer. It is okay to be simple, never be silent. It is okay when you do not know it is not okay when you do not ask. That's why you have a radio. Call the manager. You have no excuse to face a scenario that you do not know what to do without his help when you have a radio. And if you're going to pray, if you're not going to be silent, if you're going to come before him and say, Lord, as best as I know how, I'm coming to you and asking you to help me. If you are going to break your silence and pray, then don't you dare doubt that he hears you. And if he hears you, I stand on the authority of scripture to tell you he is obligated to keep his word to give wisdom to the people who ask. It's okay to be simple. Don't be silent. Don't be skeptical. But let him ask in faith. You may not know what to do. Do you doubt he knows what to do? Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and toss. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. 
You will lack wisdom in every area if you doubt the one that you come to who is the source of all wisdom. That's an insult to God Almighty. If Jesus were to walk in this room, would you ever take your hand and slap him across the face? No, 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 we would not. But we do it daily with doubt. I do not know what surprises me more, Charles Spurgeon said. The faithfulness of God or the doubts of men. God doesn't mind when you don't know. He does mind when you don't ask. And he certainly minds when you don't believe. You don't know what to do? I want to braid you about that. You don't think I know what to do? A braiding time. You won't ask me? Ye have not because ye ask not. God doesn't mind when you don't have wisdom. He minds when you don't have the faith to ask for it. All lack of wisdom is proof of a lack of prayer. The question is not, will God give it? It shall be given him. To all men, to any of you, it shall be given him. Liberally, cheerfully, faithfully. The question is not, will God give you the wisdom? The question is, will you ask? I was talking to my brother about this. My brother is somewhat snarky and sarcastic. I was talking to him about this, and I said, Abe, I want to, come, I want to have some type of memorable line that I can give to the people in order to help them remember. And we both came up to, it's okay to be simple, but never be silent. So I have to give my brother credit on that one. But here's another one that he had, and I thought it was really good. If you want to be wise, you can't be dumb. <laughs> and not dumb as far as... Get it? If you want to be wise, just don't be dumb. If any of you lack wisdom, Lord, I don't know what to do with my family. I don't know what to do with my marriage. I love my church, but something just happened that really hurt me. I don't know what to do about it. I've been presented with something at work. And it's a, it's a brutal affront to my faith. But you know the economy right now. You, it's not like I can just see ya and find a job next week. What do I do? I don't know what to do about my health. I don't know what to do about my family member who lives miles away, but nobody is there to take care of them in their dying days. I don't know what to do. My friend is acting so foolish. 
and I don't want to betray their trust. But somebody's got to say something. I don't know what to do. Lord, I feel this rift that's come in my family, and I don't know where it's come from, and I just don't know what to do. God doesn't mind when you don't know. But you look up in faith and you say, Lord, I don't know. But I know you. And you know. And I trust you'll tell me in time. Psalm 127 says this. Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. And it says this, it is vain for you to wake up early and sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. I struggled with that. And I didn't know I was going to bring it forward to you because I was working on a message on it. And now I'm just going to give it to you today. Two for one. Congratulations. <laughs> but God is simply saying this. Unless I'm in it, whatever you do is going to come to nothing. Which means sometimes, child of God, even though you don't have the answers, you have to trust that he does. And lay your head down and sleep in faith that he will do what you can't in his perfect timing. And that's why the Bible says, let him ask in faith. And faith is not substance. It's the substance of things hoped for. Faith has no evidence in front of you to believe it. It's the evidence of things not seen. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. And that's why right before he gets into the hole, if any of you lack wisdom, he has the nerve to say this. Count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh p Worketh p mm, patience. And in that time you're waiting, and let's be honest, waiting by faith is harder than walking by faith. And in that time of patience, if any of you lack wisdom, ask. And trust in time. He'll give it to you. We've gotten away from prayer. That's just what it comes down to. All lack of wisdom is proof of lack of prayer. Church, I'm calling you to pray tonight, unless you have no scenarios that you don't know what to do in right now. I'm calling you to pray tonight, and I'm calling you to pray tomorrow. As a child would take a piece of homework up to his father and say, I don't know the solution to this problem. Would you help me? Humble yourself and ask him. 
and it shall be given him. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.